Hi, and welcome to this embedded IT podcast series for TD Cinex, where we'll have various guests from Microsoft and channel partners talking about their area of expertise. The aim is to inform and educate the channel on the latest Microsoft announcements and to keep partners abreast of all the changes constantly occurring in Microsoft's world. I'm Tim Hearn, one of the embedded IT team, uh, but I'm not a Microsoft expert, so hopefully I'll be able to ask our guests all the dumb questions and we'll get some very intelligent answers back again. So um, for this episode, we're at Microsoft offices at Thames Valley Park, um, and I'm delighted to be joined by Chad Cracknell. Hi, Chad. How are you? Good. Good to be here. Thanks, Tim. So Chad is a client director in the financial services team at Microsoft, has been with Microsoft for just over two years, uh, but you've been working in technology for over 20 years in yeah, various yeah. roles, right? Yeah, so we right. thought it'd be great to spend a bit of time talking about the trends in financial services, but especially on Gen AI. Um, so welcome, Chad. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thanks for joining us today. Tell us a bit about yourself and what you do, and then we'll kind of get into the meetings. Yeah, so as, as you say, Tim, um, Client Director within our financial services industry here at Microsoft UK. Um, I support a, a large customer and act as the uh, the relationship owner across the breadth of the portfolio we we provide to that customer. Um, obviously, you know Microsoft has a very broad portfolio. Uh, I'm sure your listeners will be familiar with traditional kind of um, Office 365 as our kind of productivity suite, with Azure as our kind of public cloud platform, um, business applications, whether it be kind of Power Platform or, or Dynamics as as our uh, business applications group, um, and other products we we bring to market as well for some of your uh, your other users, whether that be things like Xbox, as an example, given the um, the kind of uh, the broad portfolio we have. Okay, so so many of our listeners on this podcast support the SME community um, rather than some of the global institutions. Obviously, your responsibility is for one of the big one of the big players. Um, but these global players are often at the the leading edge of technology adoption. Um, so, I guess whether uh, listeners are supporting independent, independent financial advisors or wealth management companies or legal organisations, insurers or other, yeah, other elements of the financial sector. I, I guess we can learn a lot from the major players as, as they're investing in you know, trying to learn new things and trying to find new ways to be competitive and be more productive, right? Yep. Um, so um, tell us a little bit about um, how... Financial services are getting involved with with AI generally, um, and I'm quite interested to understand a bit about your view on where what AI is, because you quite often yeah. you talk about we see elements of AI in data analytics yeah. um, and in um, autonomous working and yeah. in machine learning. Yeah. So, give us a little bit of perspective about um, AI in the financial sector. Yeah. Um, what it mean what it means to to you and your customer yeah 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 no problem I, I think if we kind of take a step back first I guess you know all financial organizations are, are going through a, a transformation at, at the moment right and whether that be about kind of delivering new services or kind of improving the bottom line everybody is kind of thinking about you know those those two levers um, and as we think about kind of the financial services landscape I guess there are kind of five key trends where I think Gen AI kind of plays a role across all of those five, which I'll come on to shortly. But, you know, the, the, the first kind of theme to talk about is really kind of modernizing 
the technology landscape. So, you know, banks in particular have kind of a very large um, legacy footprint mm-hmm. of uh, a number of kind of fragmented technologies, you know, a big focus on kind of modernizing those technologies um, and, you know, driving kind of simplification and rationalization to really kind of reduce uh, both the cost overhead associated with those technologies, but also kind of driving more agility through being kind of less reliant on those those legacy technologies. So that's kind of the first theme. Yeah, and I, I think from things that I've I've seen is that is that is that legacy uh, technology debt that yep. a lot of the banks carry that stops them from being creative, innovative, yeah. moving faster, being more competitive. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly that. It, you know, we often kind of talk about it as the anchor, which kind of you know slows down progress, <laughs> dragging along the innovation. Bottom, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, I guess the second thing would be kind of customer experience transformation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, particularly in, in banking, you know, delivering new services which are highly personalized, highly relevant to individuals where, you know, the, the organization builds a true relationship with the customer so that they become more than an account number and sort code um, is, is a high priority as well. And, you know, that also kind of brings in new ways of kind of interacting with those customers, whether it be through things like conversational banking, you know, through very kind of smart, intelligent uh, virtual agents, as an example. And again, kind of Gen AI plays a role as, as part of that. Um, the third theme would be data. And again, you know, within, you know, these large um, complex organizations, typically they'll have kind of several data warehouses where they've got data spread across kind of multiple warehouses, costly to maintain, difficult to kind of bring that data together to really kind of make smart or informed decisions, both internally and for the customers they serve. So data mining is very, very complex. In very, very, very complex because it's kind of how you bring that that data together into a single source to properly mine it and then and then make those kind of smart, informed decisions off the back of it. So again, that's that's kind of a, a trend we're, we're seeing. Um, I guess the, the fourth area would be, and again, it's kind of back to that cost reduction, but thinking about operational efficiency in terms of how you know employees become more productive in their day to day but also how these organizations reduce the cost to serve customers as well mm-hmm. you know and typically that kind of brings in a lot of what you said before around things like automation process simplification looking at kind of technology to reduce kind of the need for manual intervention or you know, people kind of swivel chairing between systems, right? That's kind of a, a big theme we're seeing at the moment. And the, the final one, um, you know, which would apply to, you know, this particular segment of customers is really kind of the security and regulatory overhead. That bit doesn't go away. Um, you know, and if anything, kind of the, the regulatory kind of overhead is, is increasing, um, as is the sophistication of kind of, you know, threat actors, right, who are, you know, trying to penetrate these these organizations and, you know, protecting customer data, protecting all of your kind of mission critical assets um, is, is top of mind for these organizations as well. So there'd be kind of, you know, at a macro level, the 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 key things we That's see within financial services. Yeah, and it's interesting when you mentioned about the, the customer service side of it as well, I've kind of noticed 
some changes around in customer service when I've been dealing with with my my bank. Yeah, but it's actually quite interesting seeing in maybe in different part different sectors of financial services. Yeah. there seems to be a very different speed at yes. which certain parts of the sector is going. Yes. So an yeah. exa- a personal example from my perspective is is I'm, I'm dealing with a, a certain pension pension fund at the moment yeah. and to be able to gain information about yeah. my pension I have to either write or phone yes and they can only then write a letter to me in response yes yeah I can't actually get the information that I need yeah. over the phone yeah. or in, yeah. or in a, in a timely manner yeah. it's quite interesting yeah. to kind of see some of the the innovative things that some of the banks are doing yeah. but then you see how far we've got to go absolutely across the sector yeah and i think you know it's it's a different picture across these these organizations as well you've had you know a number of these organizations who have been focused on delivering a real kind of omni-channel experience to customers so you know whatever channel you interact with that organization on whether it be kind of phone web um in person in the branch you know physical letters they've been thinking about kind of how they stitch those those different journeys those different kind of touch points into a single experience mm-hmm. that's been a big part of it you then had kind of other organizations who have been on a kind of virtual agent journey for a number of years um and a number of those kind of experiences have really kind of improved through the richness of of bringing kind of additional data points um into that into that thread of communication and again we see kind of gen ai playing a big part of that um and and what we'll kind of start to see next is how kind of users start to interact with that technology as well mm-hmm. so i think we're all guilty of kind of using chatbots today in a way of kind of how we used to search the internet so kind of using keywords and commas to kind of get the response we need you know that will start to evolve to be much more conversational much more of a natural language mm-hmm. type of interaction with with those technologies and to your point that's how they need to evolve and i guess sometimes as well the customer maybe not a doesn't know exactly how to ask the question about something as well yeah. so the ability for the technology to be able to anticipate what the customer's trying to get to yes and then come up with the right answer it's yeah. actually quite a powerful thing to be able to do it, it absolutely is and again you know i guess bringing it back to kind of you know, the generative generative ai piece this is where we see a big kind of paradigm shift happening as as microsoft and so you know if i if i kind of think about you know microsoft really microsoft um you know i see it at the forefront of this gen ai journey you know it's kind of scary to think it's just under 18 months or so when kind of chat gpt made the headlines um you know november 2022 yeah. i think it was yeah and you know you think back over the last kind of 12 18 months of just the amount of interest the amount of debate um you know the amount of kind of innovation we've seen as a result of you know that gen ai wave has been you know it's been amazing to to see it um and i think you know microsoft really kind of you know they saw this coming is is my view um and the partnership with with openai to kind of bring a lot of these openai capabilities to the enterprise whether that be kind of chat gpt or dali or some of the other models mm-hmm. um has has been amazing to be part of um and i think the speed of it 
Yes, is I mean, the speed, I think all of us have been have grown up in the internet yeah. age and seen how quickly technologies yeah. can come to market and yeah. and, and yeah. advance and change. Yeah, yeah. But even even by our standards, yeah, this is moving quickly. Right? Absolutely, and and I'll, I'll be honest, and maybe I shouldn't say, it, say this on this podcast. I didn't really get it at the start. I've got to be honest. The Gen AI wave, I, I didn't really understand it, and. I guess probably like you, I kind of start to see a lot of these kind of graphs coming through of, you know, time to a million users uh, for chat, chat GPT versus something like the internet or radio mm-hmm. or Facebook, those sorts of things. And then you kind of start to see that curve building out to a hundred million users. And it's, it's unlike any other kind of technology wave that has gone before it. And that was the point I thought I better start kind of thinking seriously mm-hmm. <laughs> about generative AI. And I think one of the smart things, you know, Microsoft did was they made the technology available through its Azure platform, uh, through the Azure OpenAI mm-hmm. uh, platform to allow organizations to start to kind of experiment and embed uh, generative AI in applications and workflow and processes and those sorts of things. But what it also did was it built it into its technology stack and the products it makes available to customers. And so you could buy products off the shelf that have generative AI, AI capabilities built into them. And so, you know, there are a couple of examples which kind of spring to mind for that. Obviously, M365 mm-hmm. uh, Copilot, in terms of Copilot in some of the things we use every day as business users, whether that be kind of Outlook, Excel, PowerPoint, Word, you know, the ability to create and generate content is amazing to see. And again, you know, I really kind of started to, to kind of see the power of this technology through just seeing the, some of the demonstrations around kind of... It's, 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 been, it's been to have some ease, some some use cases that you can relate to, uh, which absolutely. helps you to kind of get hit that's, around some That's of stuff, when the yeah. light bulb started to yeah. go off for me, was kind of seeing that in action. Yeah. Um, Our last pod- podcast, we uh, had a, a, a guy, I think Ruben Narwellers, um, who's co-pilot yeah. um, expert. And we were talking about 365 and co-pilot. And, and we were kind of saying just easy things like you're having a Teams call. Yeah. And the co-pilot has the ability to be able to summarize the call. Yeah. Who's taken what actions, who's yeah. responsible yeah. for doing what and who said yeah. what. Just productivity enablement like that. Yeah. Yeah. Just makes your day so much easier. Absolutely. And I, and I think as, as a user, we've been very fortunate inside Microsoft to get our hands on this technology yeah. and it's become kind of part of the day to day. That's probably the the feature I'm most or the capability I'm most reliant on inside Microsoft is that ability to kind of transcribe and summarize meetings, key topics, discussion points, actions, owners, all at kind of the end of the meeting without having to kind of digest the meeting, produce the notes, yeah. send it out. It's all done in the moment, yeah. in the flow. And email chains that are like 20, 30 emails long, the yeah. ability to be able to summarize that email yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. one piece in of one, text. Yeah. Oh, I mean, my it's, word. It's, How it's, is that? It, it, it's amazing to, to see and you know it's had a direct kind of productivity improvement yes, on, on me as well as, as an individual and what it allows me to do um, is kind of spend more or have more thinking time right in you know and I think you know Microsoft was kind of part of this you know through COVID we, we moved to that kind of very clinical kind of back-to-back teams meeting to teams meeting to teams meeting through the day very little kind of gaps very little mm-hmm. thinking time um, and again, you were constantly trying to catch up, you know, producing most, yeah. um, uh, minutes from the last meeting, 
you know, that's now kind of been taken away. And so the thinking space it's created yeah. is uh, hugely powerful. And whether that's within Microsoft or whether that's with, within a banking environment, having yeah. the ability to move your head space from the back office yeah. to the front office, yeah. Yeah. in other words, customer facing, yeah. is, is a big game changer from a yeah. productivity standpoint. Yeah, yeah. A- absolutely is. Absolutely is. And I think, you know, back, back to financial services, um, you know, I think, you know, they've been, yeah, they've been on a journey with with AI for for a number of years, right? AI as as a an umbrella has been around for years, right? It, you know, nineties, fifties, nineteen sixties was kind of really kind of when you know AI, you know, first came about, you know, through kind of traditional machine learning. You know, a number of these uh, financial services organisations have been using predictive AI. You know, for years, whether that be in things like kind of risk or fraud, or even kind of uh, you know, with the customer in terms of kind of suggesting you know products, um, generative AI is is different. Um, and so, you know, having the the technology which is there to kind of you know generate content, and we we kind of typically think of kind of generative AI in kind of four key areas really. Uh, one is around uh, content creation, so actually kind of um, creating content, um, you know, whether that be kind of documents, whether it be images, um, you know, that's that's kind of one of the areas we see um, generative AI playing a part in. Yeah, we were talking the other day around content creation about things like you're you're writing a bid. Yeah. Yeah, you're trying to get your head around an executive summary. Yes, of a, of a proposal that you're writing. Yes. the ability to use generative AI. Yes, yeah, to be able to help you with yeah. your writer's block. Yes, oh yeah, late, yeah. late at night when yeah. you're trying to be able to get that wording exactly right oh, is, is really useful. Yeah, in the, in that kind of writer's block moment, can completely agree. It's been a huge game changer uh, for me personally. Kind of you know using that that particular. Uh, feature of, of generative AI. Um, the second element would be kind of, as we talked about really, kind of content synthesis. So, you know, summarizing content, give give me the summary. And actually it's kind of been interesting to kind of be part of the, the journey here because we produce a lot of kind of executive briefing documents. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, quite often they'll, they'll run them through uh, Copilot to get the summary. And so you start to think, well, why didn't you ask me just to give you the summary rather than kind of ask me to write the whole briefing document <laughs> for you? Right. That's, that's an interesting one. <laughs> yes. um, uh, the third, I guess, uh, key area would be coding productivity. And again, back to kind of, you know, the Microsoft stack, we obviously have a, a GitHub product line, mm-hmm. which is all about kind of developer efficiency, developer productivity. So helping developers become more productive in the amount of code they can generate. Uh, giving them kind of thinking time as to how they optimize and improve that code is is a big one uh, for us. Um, and the final one would be customer engagement. And as we talked about, the way you know we kind of interact with customers, the way we enable organisations to interact with customers, to you know offer new services, um, to kind of improve that that experience, to become richer in the way you interact. I think with in banking, users. particularly for international banking, being able to cope with different languages and dialects, absolutely, and be consistent yeah. with with how you uh, how you deal with customers, yes, but language in language and dialect independent is yes. actually quite a difficult thing to do. Yeah, absolutely, and, and again, you know, 
we as, as Microsoft have a, a, a suite of capabilities around kind of Azure cognitive services and also our power platform where we can do kind of language translation in the moment. So whether that kind of be speech to text mm-hmm. or text to speech even across around 150 languages wow. to have all of that kind of done in the moment is, is hugely impressive. That's amazing. Just to kind of get out of financial services just for a second, yeah. I, I used to do a lot of work supporting um, government organisations, yeah. and particularly local government. Yeah. And you take like a London borough. Yeah, how many languages and dialects does a London borough need to be able to support? It's community. Uh, it yeah. could be could be a hundred. Yeah. yeah. Being able to use capability like that to yeah. be able to provide services to the community through the council. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's pretty normal, pretty huge. Absolutely. Yeah. That's kind of cool. So in what what you've been seeing, Chad, in, in the adoption of of Gen AI, AI yes. in, in financial, what do you think are the things that have moved the fastest? So, yeah. what are the things that the, the banks are picking up on the quicker? So, what's, yeah. the, what's the quick wins that they've seen? Yeah, so I think um, you know all, all banks have have been experimenting with generative AI. It's, it's fair to say, and and actually, it's going to be really interesting to kind of see how this plays out across the individual banks in terms of the way they embrace generative AI and and bring it to market. I think that's going to be really interesting to see. I think, you know, the most common theme we've seen as it relates to kind of organizations looking to to embrace Gen AI is they've all kind of started with a lot of the back office productivity use cases as kind of the, the starting point for generative AI. And I think that's for two reasons, really. One is um, yeah, there are some obvious ways of kind of improving kind of individual and organizational productivity through through generative AI. As we've talked about, you know, M365 Copilot plays heavily um, into that space. Secondly, kind of before kind of unleashing this on customers, um, these organizations are looking to build kind of internal muscle, guardrails, right. governance, those sorts of things. It's that sort of stuff that's going to take a while, isn't Correct, it? Correct, to kind of play through. And so I think they've kind of started with those, um, you know, um, those kind of back office productivity use cases first, but they will move to the customer. And we're already kind of starting to see a lot of kind of experimentation and use cases coming through mm-hmm. um, in, in that space. I think the second way they've they've looked to kind of embrace it is they've all kicked off experiments. So, you know, the identification of kind of use cases where, you know, they think there is an application of, of generative AI that can bring a business benefit. Um, you know, we've seen different use cases coming through, again, in that kind of back office productivity space. So, you know, as an example, one of the things you, you kind of talked about was um, the way you kind of interact with uh, the organization as it relates to kind of, you know, you have to phone in or kind of write letters to. Um, you know, one thing we, we've seen as a particular use case in, in financial services is the, the automation of complaint letters. So, you know, if, if you if you've got if you send in a complaint to to an organization, obviously there's somebody, you know, in, in a center who will kind of read that complaint letter, who will then kind of interpret what the complaint and the resolution is, um, and then will respond to the customer. Um, that's actually kind of a big overhead. Um, and it's a great use case for the way kind of generative AI can interpret, can summarize with a human in the loop to kind of approve whatever goes to the customer. 
but you know as a way of kind of automating simplifying driving productivity of that process that that's a real that's, that's a real interesting win. i'm actually going through that process right now right, okay i wish my <laughs> provider had invested yeah. in that technology yeah, yeah. with things moving quite a lot quicker. well the, the other thing about that as well is we all want quick responses to things as well we want yeah. to feel listened to we want to feel like you know things are acted on and so if you can improve the customer experience as part of that as well you know that's a real win yeah. so yeah and, yeah and it's a stressful experience for the customer because the reason yeah. why you're trying to drive something and you may be complaining is you're trying to get clarity yeah. on something which yeah. actually is quite important a- absolutely to the individual. Yeah. So it's, absolutely it's kind of, it's kind yeah cool yeah I, I i guess having focusing on that productivity those productivity tools means that everybody in the bank gets involved in it as yes, well yeah. because because you, it's not just one part of the bank that's dealing with that yes. if you're doing it across 365 yes everybody's going to be on 365 yes. so yeah. you, you bring the whole bank with you on the journey you're yeah. not just bringing a small cohort yeah that you then got to use then to try and evangelize outwards into yeah the yeah ab- absolutely i mean you know again kind of back to the way organizations are kind of embracing this technology we are seeing um, you know, groups of users or kind of champions, um, you know, inside these organizations who are, you know, testing the the technology and becoming familiar with it. They're becoming advocates for it. And, you know, that will underpin kind of a, a broader rollout of the technology, you know, at, at a later stage. Um, and I think, you know, having, you know, champions of, of, of the technology to kind of, you know, talk about their experiences, we, we've only seen kind of positives coming through that yeah. experience. I think it's important to use yeah. use cases to to generate confidence Absolutely. across a business as well. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll t- so let's talk a bit about the, some of the risks as well. So yeah. there's a huge amount of opportunities, yeah. but you see quite a lot in the press about the potential downside as, yeah. as well. And yeah. clearly with something as powerful as Gen AI, yeah. AI, all these technologies can be used for good, but yes. they could also be used negatively as yes. well. Yeah. What, are, what are sort of things that... Um, that have been dealt with because I would imagine that it's things like manipulation of, of markets, stock market stability. How do you influence autonomous trading from a from a from a um, from a from a trading perspective? Yes. But then in yeah. the SME space, I guess identity theft and identity manipulation is a is yes. an issue as well. Yeah. What, what is it yeah. your customer is looking at in that area? Yeah. So I think I think you know alongside kind of the experimentation, they are thinking about the governance, the guardrails that that go alongside this technology. As, as you say, you know, generative AI is is a hugely powerful technology. It can work in in different ways, though, right? And so alongside the opportunities, it's it's also opening up new threats. And so organizations you know need to think about the way they kind of respond to to those threats in parallel um, to this to this experimentation um, you know from a Microsoft side we have kind of a responsible AI framework where you know we've got a set of principles we adhere to as it relates to kind of the provision of, of gen AI both in the way we make it available the way we embed it in our in our products and I think you know we're starting to see that at an industry level um, I think obviously it's a subject of interest for UK government government as well, and there's kind of lots of consultation papers, discussion papers on the implications of, of generative AI to you know the UK population and, and UK yeah. businesses. And I think you know regulation, certainly from a financial services perspective, will will start to evolve alongside this yeah. as well. It would be like cyber cybersecurity. The the threat landscape will evolve over time. Absolutely. So therefore. It's up to 
organizations like Microsoft to be agile enough, one, to try and be ahead of the curve, yep. but also to be able to respond quickly when a threat does emerge. That's right. That's right. And so, you know, Microsoft will be kind of using this technology at, at several levels, you know, in terms of how we kind of, you know, empower customers, but also how we protect customers as well. And so we'll start to kind of bring this technology through, um, you know, our security portfolio. And again, back to, I think something, you know, Microsoft has done very well. It's, it's embedded generative AI across its technology stack. So for example, with our security portfolio and, and something like Sentinel, as an example, which mm-hmm. is our scene platform, um, you know, we've gone to market with a security co-pilot, which uses kind of generative AI to help uh, SOC teams get ahead of threats and respond to threats more quickly. Because again, you know, the, the threat actors out there are kind of using generative AI now to kind of improve and become more sophisticated in the way they kind of target these these organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you kind of pointed to there, you know, with, with generative AI, we've seen the the emergence of the deep fake, yes. right? So whether it be kind of, you know, deep fake, uh, you know, voice, or whether it be kind of deep fake images or visual or videos, those, those sorts of things. Again, that's something the industry is is going to need to keep up with because again, they are hugely powerful and, and sophisticated technologies. Yeah. So your authentication for me into my bank right now is my face. Yeah. So yeah. so yeah. the ability to be able to deep fake my face. Yeah. I think yeah. for deep fake my face might take a yeah. bit, bit of work. <laughs> but even so, the ability to yeah. be able to do that brings yeah. us a whole bunch of problems. Absolutely. And and what's scary is the the prevalence of these technologies and the the low cost of these technologies to yeah. create these things as well. It's scary. Yeah. What about the regulators? I guess the regulators have got a big job on their hands to try and keep up with this. They do, yeah. And, you know, again, you know, Microsoft is, is, is obviously a big, you know, public cloud player. Um, and it's fair to say, you know, the regulators have been on a journey as it relates to kind of, you know, advising organisations around the safe adoption of public cloud. And I, I see a parallel with kind of generative AI in the way they'll, you know, advise, you know, provide kind of, you know, guidance to, as to how, you know, financial services organizations, whether it be the PRA or the FCA, look to kind of use generative AI. Um, but, you know, there is no kind of, you know, firm guidance uh, as of today. It's more kind of consultation and discussion papers. But, you know, I think all financial services organizations are expecting it to come. Mm-hmm. And so they, they're, they're watching kind of the regulatory landscape closely because obviously, you know, they have to kind of adhere to the regulatory landscape today for, for what they provide and the, the services they deliver. And as kind of the regulators keep up with kind of the generative AI landscape, they'll be kind of issuing guidance to, to and those the banks organizations. And the banks are going to try and preempt what that, what that guide is going to be. They have, they have. And again, that kind of comes back to thinking about the governance, the guardrails, kind of observing, you know, what the regulator is kind of discussing or issuing today and kind of almost predicting kind of where it's going to go. And so, you know, back to kind of, you know, the the safe use of generative AI and thinking about the principles and the ethics and, you know, having kind of transparency as to, you know, the way kind of, you know, generative AI recommendations are being made, as an example, um, is going to be important because those kind of decisions will need to be tracked um, and it may be they're audited at some point yep. as well. So, you know, if you're an organization and you're recommending a financial product through 
a generative AI recommendation, people need to understand how that recommendation was made, even though it's a, a model making the recommendation. So again, it's back to kind of the transparency notes behind how those recommendations are made. And we expect that to be a big theme of, of engagement and discussion with, uh, with financial services organisations. So fascinating area to, yes to yeah know, one to, to watch to for sure so from a soft perspective yeah. in the financial services sector maybe a bit more generally what do you what are you expecting to see over the next couple of years in this generative ai i suppose i, I think we'll start to see real innovation coming through um certainly you know in the way organizations interact with customers um in the way they kind of deliver new services um, in the way kind of chatbots become, you know, more sophisticated in the way they kind of understand you as an individual, the way they kind of interact with you, the, the way they're able to kind of access real-time data to make real-time recommendations and decisions. Um, back to kind of that, that conversational banking piece and kind of knowing you as, as a customer, building that kind of deep relationship with you. I think that's what we'll, we'll start to see. We'll start to see a real kind of emergence of, of new and, and exciting services coming through from, from banks. Um, and I think we'll also kind of start to see kind of more, more agility from, from banks coming through as well. So, you know, we all kind of want, you know, quick turnaround, quick processes, you know, what about a 24 hour mortgage? you know, powered through generative AI and, and data at the back end. Wouldn't that that be great to see rather than kind of, you know, a two week, you know, application process to get to get your next mortgage. So that's where I'm expecting to see the innovation. That would be amazing. And um, and I guess as, as banks and other financial organisations become more knowledgeable about the technology and its capabilities, they'll come up with things that we've not, that as a technology provider, we could never think of. Yeah, you know, we, we're, we're providing the tools yeah. for yeah. them to be able to innovate. Yes, and, and so we've got our own heads around. Okay, what? How do you make what's there now better and slicker and faster yes. and easier? Yeah, but we'll probably find in three, two or three years' time that there's something that's kind of completely come out of out of the blue. Yes, which is really innovative and real real yeah. game changers. It'd be quite interesting to see. Which one of the banks leads in that in that area? Yeah, it, it will be. You know, I, I think it will be a bit of an arms race around this. Actually, I think it's a, bill, it's, a it's a massive competitive tool, isn't it? Massive competitive tool, um, and it will be interesting to kind of see you know who's who's first at the post, particularly on the way they kind of engage with customers using generative AI. Um, they're all at that kind of experimentation stage at the moment, and it will be interesting to see who comes first to market with with something kind of game changing. Because I think it will have, you know, a, a big a big impact. And you know, as, as you say, you know, at a, at a technology provider level, we provide tools, we provide kind of horizontal platform capabilities. It's then how these organisations kind of apply them to to use cases or particular domains. Yeah. You know, whether that be finance, risk treasury, marketing, customer engagement, those sorts of things. That's where I think the real power of this technology will start to come through. Probably very true. We'll see. Chad, it's been fascinating spending some time talking to you today. Thank you for giving us the time and for hosting me here at, uh, at, T at TVP. Um, I guess navigating the financial services sector when it comes to generative AI is one as a very interesting place, but also quite challenging in terms of figuring out where you where you start where you yep. focus 
where you put your time and effort, where you're going to get the biggest gains. Yep. I think you've helped us to give us a bit more of an understanding today. So really appreciate your time. Thank no, you. No problem. Thank you for having me. That's been great. Thank you. Um, right. So thank you for joining us today on this podcast. I hope that this episode has been useful to you. Please give us some feedback so we can invite other guests from Microsoft to help you in the future. And please keep following TD Synex online. All the best. Thank you very much.